And what what is going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Jim Bratton Sports Podcast, which can now be seen on Facebook Live in addition to the audio version of the show that you hear on Spotify. And for those of you from the Facebook Live audience from earlier, I deeply apologize for those technical difficulties, but at the end of the day, uh, there is no small technical difficulty that can keep me from talking about this big game, this uh, Super Bowl 57 that we have coming up on Sunday between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. And so, what exactly am I going to be talking about on the show today, you might ask? Well, I'm going to be breaking down what each team has to do to win, and I'm also going to be getting into just some other regular takeaways from this game that I have, and for those of you betting experts that are out there watching and or listening to the show, I'm going to be releasing to you guys some prop bets that I have concocted just off the top of my head a few hours ago, and so for those of you betting experts that are watching and or listening out there, I'm sure that you are very excited about hearing those. But let's get down to the, with all of that being said, let's get down to the nitty gritty, shall we? Super Bowl 57, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. What does each team need to do to win this game? And I'm going to start with the Chiefs. Number one, Patrick Mahomes has got to be Patrick Mahomes. I know that he's dealing with the high ankle sprain that he suffered in the divisional round against Jacksonville, but... He was able to put his team over the top in the AFC Championship game. And we can go back and forth on whether or not the officiating had any role to play in pushing Patrick Mahomes over the top because uh, it, it, it might have. But having said that, we are where we are. And the Kansas City Chiefs now find themselves in the Super Bowl after that last sort of last second field goal against Cincinnati in the AFC Championship game. Back to main point I'm trying to make here. Patrick Mahomes has got to be Patrick Mahomes. And even despite the fact that he's dealing with the injury, we have seen that he is still capable of being the sharpshooter, the marksman, 
the now officially NFL MVP, two-time NFL MVP award winner that he is. And so he's obviously got to do what he can to step up and try to make enough plays and help propel the Chiefs to a win in this one. So that is critical in my mind. Another interesting statistic that I found on the interwebs recently about the Chiefs passing attack, they are, even despite having a hobbled Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City has still put up about 267 or so passing yards per game in these playoffs. And so, as I was saying earlier, that just speaks to the overall greatness that comes with Patrick Mahomes. So that's number one for the Chiefs. Number two, and this of course encompasses the injury situation to some extent, but I think this is also a very important point that needs to be made. The offensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs has got to step up in this one, in particular because they are going to be facing by far the best defensive front seven that they have faced in these playoffs. When you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm just going to rattle off some names here that the Kansas City Chiefs have got to deal with. They've got to deal with Fletcher, the big defensive tackle, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, who I would think is the de facto leader of that defensive line in particular. Josh Sweat, a very good sort of young, up-and-coming pass rusher. Robert Quinn, who they just picked up in a trade from the Los Angeles Rams, I believe, before the trading deadline. And I could go on and on about the sort of depth of the Philadelphia Eagles defensive line and how how just overwhelmingly dominant they are and blah, blah, blah. But I think I've already made my point. And so, oh, and another name that I forgot to mention, he's not really a defensive lineman, but another name that everybody needs to keep an eye on in the Super Bowl is Hassan Reddick, who has come on very strong as an outside linebacker. He just to sort of run through his stats from the NFC Championship game against the San Francisco 49ers, Hassan Reddick came away with a couple of sacks in this game. And so he's obviously a guy that Kansas City is going to need to keep an eye on from an offensive standpoint the offensive line in particular, and Patrick Mahomes even more so because he is probably going to have to sort of scramble out of the pocket 
and try to make some plays, which is going to be even more difficult when you're dealing with a high ankle sprain as he is. And so I think the I think another important point that has to be made is the Chiefs have got to be on their P's and Q's from a pass protection standpoint and a run blocking standpoint as well. And this will allow, if they do that, this will allow them to focus on the third key to victory for the Kansas City Chiefs, which is they've got to get the playmakers involved. Travis Kelsey has got to get involved in this game. He is by far the biggest threat that the Kansas City Chiefs have offensively when you look at the skill positions. Going back to the Jacksonville game, just to run through how dominant Travis Kelsey was in the divisional round playoff game against the Jaguars. He finished that game with 14 catches for 98 yards, two touchdowns. And I think if the Chiefs are to come away with a win in the Super Bowl, Travis Kelsey is going to have to deliver that same kind of performance. I think it's critical. And I know there have been a lot of questions about the skill position players at the wide receiver spot, in particular for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, especially going back to the situation where Tyreek Hill was traded to Miami before the start of the regular season. But to his credit, I think Patty Mahomes has sort of really silenced all of those critics and basically showed why he took home his second NFL MVP award because he has, he has been throwing to a bunch of guys who were not necessarily the go-to weapons on their, pri on their former teams. When you look at MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling coming over from the Packers, and when you look at Juju Smith-Schuster coming over from Pittsburgh as a free agent, and there's of course, been a, spat a spattering of other guys in, the, in that mix as well. But to their credit, they've been stepping up and making plays and really making up for the lack of production that was left with Tyreek Hill's departure. And so they've got to step up and be key contributors in this game as well, but by far the biggest weapon the Chiefs have is Travis Kelsey. And, of course, along with that, a lot of the burden also falls on head coach Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator, to really scheme up some creative plays to 
really keep Philly's defense off a little bit more off balance than they're used to being because the way they've been playing this year, the Eagles' defense has just been out of their minds all season long. And, of course, this is going to be one of the toughest tests that they face. But from an offensive game planning standpoint, the Chiefs are just going to have to come up with some creative plays, probably some bubble screens and some delayed hand delayed handoffs and RPOs and other things of that nature to keep Philly's defense off balance. So that is pretty much what my keys to victory are for the Kansas City Chiefs. For the Philadelphia Eagles, the first area of concern for them is they have got to do what they've been doing very effectively all season long, which is running the football. And they have two running backs in particular that have really just been dominant for them all season long, talking about Kenneth Gainwell and Miles Sanders. Jalen Hurts, who I'm going to touch on a little bit more in a minute, he's obviously had some ability to make some plays in the running game as well, but he has honestly sort of been overshadowed by the really deep stable of running backs that the Philadelphia Eagles have, starting with Kenneth Gainwell, who has actually been the leading rusher for the team in this year's playoffs. Just to run through some of his numbers very quickly, uh, in this year's playoffs, Kenneth Gainwell on 26 attempts has totaled 160 yards, is averaging... 6.2 yards a carry, which is a lot when you're talking about, well, yards per carry. And he's also been averaging 80 yards per game. Miles Sanders has had a very big impact on the running game as well. He has been averaging 4.7 yards per carry. 66 yards per game on 28 carries and 132 rushing yards. And obviously, the offensive line has had a lot to say in this as well. And you can see why a lot of people make the argument that the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line is the most dominant in the NFL. The numbers absolutely back that up. But you've got to give tremendous amount of credit to what the running backs have been able to accomplish, which allows for the second dominant phase of the Eagles' offense to take shape because 
and I, and I see my my boy Sean Murphy in the comments talking about Trey Smith. Yes, shout out to all uh, all of the VFLs that are listening, and just from a Vol standpoint, part of me sort of regrets uh, not mentioning Trey Smith when I was talking about the Chiefs earlier. He is definitely going to have to step up in this game. But, so that, and that's really going to be a very tough challenge for him. But, going back to the Eagles for just a second, the running game, the point I was trying to make before I sort of got sidetracked by the what's going on in the comments, the offensive line for the Eagles has really allowed the running game to flourish and off of that has allowed Jalen Hurts to flourish in the passing game. And I'm... Of course, not taking anything away from Jalen Hurts. He's a phenomenal player and probably would have been a leading contender for NFL MVP had he not gotten injured earlier in the season. But the success of the offensive line and the running game has allowed him to be a very good distributor as well when you're talking about getting the ball to your playmakers, your Dallas Goddard over the middle and Devontae Smith and, of course, A.J. Brown. As I say through clenched teeth, and I'll get to A.J. Brown a little bit more in detail later on in the show, but... The success of the offensive line has allowed Jalen Hurts to be a very good distributor, lack of a better phrase, of the football and has really led to the success that the Eagles have had really all season long. And so the Kansas City Chiefs defense is also going to be in a situation where they have to deal with that added pressure. They have to deal with Chris Jones being in a situation where he has to go up against Lane Johnson, Jordan Mailata, and Jason Kelsey, who, yes, and I'm going to be getting to this a little bit later on, in the show as well happens to be the brother of Kansas City Chiefs tight end, the aforementioned Travis Kelsey. And those are just some very big matchups that I'm looking forward to seeing, in particular what Chris Jones, who is by far the lead, de facto leader of that Chiefs defensive line can do against the 
offensive line of the Philadelphia Eagles. So that's number one from the Eagles' keys to victory. Number two, and I'm going to, again, I have to go back to the front seven here. From a defensive standpoint, I mentioned how big of trouble the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be in if they don't protect Patrick Mahomes and all of his playmakers and blah, blah, blah. Having said that, the Eagles defensive line has got to show what they have shown all season long, which is just absolute domination. This is by far the toughest test that the Chiefs have had to face this season offensively. And again, I'm going to mention all of these names because all of them have really, really stepped up all season long for the Eagles. And those names are Hassan Reddick, who I did not mention this earlier, has three and a half sacks in the postseason in addition to the two sacks that came in the NFC Championship game. And he's just been a stud weapon at the outside linebacker spot for the Eagles all season long. And just up front, they are absolutely loaded. Josh Sweat, the young up-and-coming pass rusher that I talked about earlier. Fletcher Cox, Ndamukong Sue, and Linval Joseph, who have not even been with the Eagles all season long, really. They've just kind of been, I guess, at home sitting on the couch, so to speak. And, of course, we all know what Ndamukong Sue can bring to the tape, to the Table. He is, of course, a Super Bowl champion going back to his time in Tampa Bay just a few seasons ago. But he's really stepped up. Linval Joseph has really stepped up as well. And these two guys, believe it or not, are really not even starters for the Eagles, which really speaks to the depth that they have, and I really have to give Howie Roseman, who is the general manager for the Eagles, I have to give him a tremendous amount of credit for the job that he has done, not just with bringing in those guys on defense, but also what he was able to do with the A.J. Brown trade, Again, as I say, through clenched teeth. But you have to give the front office a lot of credit as well. And in addition to what the Eagles have in the front seven, their back end is also loaded. And reason or the reasons why... I bring those up bring that up is 
they arguably have the two best corners in the NFL when you're talking about Darius Slay and when you're talking about James Bradbury. These guys have been absolute ball hawks. They have been absolutely phenomenal at the quarterback spot. Cornerback spot, excuse me. And I'll get to... a little bit more in detail in detail about I do not have the exact statistics pulled up for Darius Slay and James Bradbury but the back end of the secondary but that those two guys have of course been absolute ball hogs as I mentioned and when you look at the back end from the safety spot when you look at C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who, again, when I talk about the job Howie Roseman has done, I have absolutely no idea. I'm try- First of all, I'm trying to still wrap around my head how Howie Roseman was able to pull off these two trades. First, the A.J. Brown trade, but also the trade that Howie Roseman made for C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who has recorded six interceptions this season. And when you see that, you have no choice but to ask yourself, why would the New Orleans Saints even contemplate trading this man but of course they ended up doing so much to the chagrin of them and really the liking of the Philadelphia Eagles and speaking of the liking of the Philadelphia Eagles and again I know I keep talking about Howie Roseman but that's just Speak that just speaks to how much credit I have to give this man, Howie Roseman, for finding Reed Blankenship. And for those of you who may not be aware of the name, he is of course a undrafted free agent out uh, out of. I'm very proud to say my alma mater, Middle Tennessee State University. And, of course, with Kevin Byard being a stud safety for the Tennessee Titans, obviously. He, is, he was, of course, a former Blue Raider. Uh, Reed Blankenship has fo- really followed in KB's footsteps over the years during his time in Murfreesboro. And, again, I don't really have his statistics pulled up. But he is just looking at the tape made a variety of big-time plays that you don't necessarily see from guys who 
make teams as undrafted free agents. And so that just speaks to the job that Reed Blankenship has done, and it also speaks to the fact that with his success and also with Kevin Byard's success, perhaps MTSU needs to be considered safety university. But we will, of course, have to wait and see what comes of that a little bit later on down the road. I'm very much looking forward to doing that. But to sum up the main point that I've been making here, the Eagles defense has got to step up and do what they've been doing all season long which is complete domination of opposing offenses. Now, granted, that challenge becomes just a little bit tougher when you're playing against the now two-time MVP award winner in Patrick Mahomes. There's no doubt about that. But if the Eagles can really hone in on what has been making them successful all season, then they are they by far should be a dominant unit, at least from a defensive standpoint in this game. And so those are my areas of emphasis for the Philadelphia Eagles in terms of what they need to do to come away with a win here. Now, moving on to what some of the other takeaways that I have are. Of course, I mentioned earlier the A.J. Brown trade. I sort of had to. It's kind of still hard to swallow when you think about it because... A.J. Brown has obviously had a very significant impact for the Philadelphia Eagles this season, and that has obviously, obviously also been evident when you look at the Tennessee Titans side of the equation. They have been anything but dominant at the wide receiver position, but... Just to talk about what A.J. Brown's numbers were for the Eagles, he finished the, or I should say, up until this point in the season, he has totaled 88 catches for 1,496 yards and 11 touchdowns, which is phenomenal to say the absolute least. He's obviously developed a very good rapport with Jalen Hurts, who, of course, their their friendship goes back to when they were high school recruits. And, of course, A.J. Brown, I believe, was actually committed to Alabama before he, of course, flipped to Ole Miss, 
And Jalen Hurts, of course, stayed on at Alabama before transferring. And yes, I'm, I'm putting a lot of emphasis on the word transferring for many of the Alabama fans that, of course, this has been sort of a running joke for the past few weeks or so about Jalen Hurts, about which fan base has a better claim to Jalen Hurts, whether it be Alabama or Oklahoma. Jalen Hurts, of course, finishing up his college career at the University of Oklahoma. And so, again, it's just been really fun uh, to watch seeing the betting war that's been going on between uh, the Alabama fans and the Oklahoma fans on social media over which fan base has a better claim to Jalen Hurts. But that's a conversation for another time, I suppose. But the connection that A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts have is obviously still present and has obviously played a major role in the Eagles' success this season. And, of course, as I mentioned, it's obviously had a big impact on the Titans as well when you look at a a lack of production standpoint. And earlier on this week, I asked a poll question on my social media pages, and if you're not familiar with the show's social media page, you can follow it on Facebook, Jim Brett, just look for Jim Bratton Sports Podcast, and on Twitter, at you can find it at Bratton Sports. And earlier on this week, I asked the question, on those social media pages of if you're a Tennessee Titans fan, do you want to see A.J. Brown win a Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles because he's obviously not with the Titans anymore? (laughs) But the overwhelming majority said... Yes, and after getting over the emotion and the pain that comes with having to make that decision for myself, I've sort of accepted the fact that, yes, it would probably be good to see A.J. Brown win a Super Bowl. And, and for those of you who are going to point this out to me in the comment section, yes, I'm well aware that Brett Kern also is now a member of the Philadelphia Eagles. But having said all of that, Brett Kern was not also not traded to the Philadelphia Eagles for trailing bears and a bag of potato chips either. And so the A.J. Brown 
impact is obviously going to be more significant. Although, yes, I, I suppose we have to say congratulations to Brett Cairn as well for what he has done and that he is in the position that he is in. But reason I was kind of coming around to making the decision that I sort of would like to see A.J. Brown win a Super Bowl was really emotional because when I saw A.J. Brown on the podium after the NFC Championship game, and he wasn't one of the ones in the back behind some, some of the linemen or whatever. He was front and center in the front row standing next to Jalen Hurts and the NFC Championship trophy singing, Fly, Eagles, fly on the road to victory. And that really, seeing that really left a really bad taste in my mouth as a Tennessee Titans fan. And my initial reaction to that was, there's no way I want to see A.J. Brown win the Super Bowl. Why would I want for this trade to be worse than it already is? And at the time, going back to April on draft night when it was made, it seemed like a really bad trade at the time. And you fast forward to now, I think that if the Philadelphia Eagles were to win the Super Bowl, this may end up going down as the single worst trade that has ever been made in NFL history. That's how bad I think this trade is. And obviously, from a Titans standpoint, you have to see, to be fair to Traylon Burks, you have to see what Traylon Burks can do as he goes into his, what will be his second season in the league, but just on paper, to me, this has got to be the worst trade that has ever been made in the history of the NFL. There is no doubt in my mind about that, and so I just sort of had to get out what my emotions were about that trade from a Tennessee Titans fan standpoint. But having said all of that, and now having gotten all of the emotions out of the way, if you were to ask me today, would it, Jim, would you be happy if A.J. Brown were to win the Super Bowl? My answer to that would be, I guess... And yet, yes, I, I guess I'm sort of still trying to 
get over it, as those watching on the Facebook Live audience can probably see. But it's obviously going to be a roller coaster ride of emotions on Sunday night from a Tennessee Titans fan standpoint. But would I be happy seeing A.J. Brown get a ring? Yes, I suppose I would. Which leads me to what my prediction on this game is. And yes, I've seen a lot of people on social media talk about how the, the NFL is rigged, which I don't know, may, may be true, may or may not be true to some extent. But having said that, that is also a conversation that needs to be had another time. But as far as what my prediction for this game is, uh, and this is going back to the question of would I like to see A.J. Brown get a ring? Yes. Having said that, I, I don't really think he's going to. I've got the... I do have the Kansas City Chiefs coming away with a win in this game because when you look at it from a team standpoint on paper, at least from a roster standpoint, the Philadelphia Eagles far and away have the best roster. It is, I think, definitely better than the, the roster of the Chiefs. Having said that, the last time I checked, they do not play games on paper. They play games on grass, on the field. And, of course, having said that, I cannot count out the reigning NFL MVP award winner, Patrick Mahomes. Even with the high ankle sprain, even with all of the pressure that comes with having to face the Eagles defensive line, I still think that the NFL MVP is going to find, he's going to find ways to make enough plays to will his team to a victory in this one. And so, I think Patty Ice, as I call him, is going to make his fair share of big plays. Travis Kelsey is probably going, is definitely going to make some big plays as well. Of course, I rattled off what his numbers were from the Jacksonville game a little bit earlier on in the show, and I do think that he needs to put forth a similar effort in the Super Bowl. There's no doubt about that, but 
there that is really all that needs to be said from a Kansas City Chiefs standpoint as far as my prediction on this game goes. I'm not going to ca- and I give a tremendous amount of credit as I said earlier to Jalen Hurts and what the Eagles have done, but this was a really tough decision for me to make, honestly, and usually when I'm forced to make these types of decisions, I tend to go with my gut and do what my heart is telling me, and in this instance, my gut and my heart were telling me to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. And for those of you out there who may, who may be saying, Jim, why are you picking the Chiefs? I don't want to see Patrick Mahomes get another ring, blah, 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 blah. Uh, to, to all of those people, I would say you better get used to it because I don't, I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going anywhere anytime soon, which naturally also means that I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be going anywhere anytime soon. And to all of those people who say, I don't, I don't want to see him get another ring, let, let, somebody, let somebody else win a Super Bowl for once. Uh, that those people had better suck it up and get used to it because as I've alluded to in a previous episode of this show, I think the AFC's representative in the Super Bowl is going to be either the Kansas City Chiefs or the Cincinnati Bengals for at least the next 10 to 12 years. And of course, I also, speaking of the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow, or Joe Shiesty, as he's called, or Joe, Joe Burr, Snow Burrow, I could keep going on and on with the nicknames, but I love the confidence that he shows when he comes out and says, you know, the when the he was asked what he thinks the Super Bowl window is for the Cincinnati Bengals is concerned. And he came out and said, well, the, the window is my whole career. So, again, I just really love that confidence that Joe Shiesty displays on a really daily basis, at least to some people or a weekly basis in terms of the casual NFL fan, I guess. But, uh, again, I say to those people who complain about Patrick Mahomes being in the Super Bowl, you, you better suck it up and get used to it because I don't think Patty Ice is going anywhere anytime soon. And... That's really all that needs to be said about that. As far as a score prediction, 
uh, on this Super Bowl. I'm going Kansas City 37, Philadelphia 34. And so I think it's going to be a very close game. It may end up coming down to another last-second field goal that ends up deciding the outcome. But that is just the way I look at it. So Chiefs 37, Eagles 34. And really quickly before I get out of here, of course I mentioned that I was going to be going through some prop bets that I've concocted in my head. And so for all of you gambling experts out, out there, I mentioned a little bit earlier on, I mentioned Sean Murphy popping up in the comment section. Sean, if you're still listening, you may want to pay attention to these just to see if you can find them on FanDuel or DraftKings or whatever your preferred gambling site of choice is. And so I've not seen these from any particular sports book. These are just, these are Jim Bratton originals, if you will. I literally spent 10 minutes concocting them in my head this morning. So I'm just going to rattle them off really quickly. Number one, of course, a lot and a lot and pretty much all of these have nothing to do with player props or anything of that nature. Number one, which song will Rihanna open up the halftime show the halftime show with? And for those of you who may not have been aware of this, Rihanna is obviously doing the halftime show. I believe Chris Stapleton will be performing the national anthem before the game. And I'm just going to touch on that really quickly for all of the country music slash Chris Stapleton fans. But as far as this question goes, which is, which song will Rihanna open up with? And there's a lot of options that you could choose from. My, my money is on Disturbia, but of course, as again, there's plenty of other options that you can choose from, from Rihanna's vast list of tracks. So I just thought that was a pretty interesting prop bet to go with. So that's number one. Number two, how many times will it be mentioned that Andy Reid is coaching in the Super Bowl against his former team? And just a quick sidebar for these next three what prop bets that I have. You can also turn this into a drinking game if you so desire. And 
that's just another fun way to celebrate the Super Bowl. But as far as it goes from a prop bet standpoint, how many times will it be mentioned that Andy Reid is coaching against his former team? Andy Reid, of course, longtime coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, is now obviously with the Kansas City Chiefs. If I had to guess, I would say probably I, w- I would set the over-under at about six because obviously this is the first time Andy Reid has faced his former team in the Super Bowl. He's obviously coached against them in the regular season, but this get, this matchup is so much bigger because it because it is the Super Bowl that we're talking about here. And so I think the over-under for that is going to be about six or so. Number three, how many times will Donna Kelsey be mentioned? Uh, Donna Kelsey is, of course, the mother of Philadelphia Eagles center Jason Kelsey and Kansas City Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. And, of course, really, for for both of the Kelsey parents, they're in a, obviously, a win-win scenario because no matter who wins this game, one of their sons is going to be a Super Bowl 57 champion. And so the Kelseys cannot lose either way. But Donna, of course, has been mentioned a lot because she's sort of, I've I've been seeing she's sort of been poking some fun about this particular issue on social media and other things of that nature. But as far as how many times she will be mentioned, uh, I'm going to put the over-under for that at about five because, and a lot of people may be inclined to take the over on this because it's going to be mentioned a lot. And she's probably... She's probably going to be shown several times on TV with, you know, the the half-and-half jersey of one-half Eagles, one-half Chiefs. And that's just going to be one of those sort of funny things that you see on the broadcast. And so I'm going to put the over-under for that at about... Five. Although, when you factor in how many times she'll be shown, that number may even go a lot higher than that. But for me, right now, it's five. And just this last one I have may not come to fruition as much as I had originally anticipated, so I may be inclined to bet the under on this, 
but it's how many State Farm commercials are with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are going to be shown. And obviously, everybody's got to know which commercials I'm talking about. For God's sake, they're on as much as the Burger King commercials are on, which is a lot. And I could go on and on about the Burger King commercial, but that is definitely a conversation for another time. But question I have is how many State Farm commercials with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are going to be shown. I'm going to I'm going to bet that it is two because you from a financial standpoint everybody knows that State Farm and the NFL are going to get their money's worth out of this game. That is going to happen. And for those of for those conspiracy theorists out there who buy into the NFL is rigged theory. If you've been keeping up with people like Barstool on Instagram, you sort of watch those videos and think to yourself, huh, what, how have I not seen this before? Because obviously Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are in all of those State Farm commercials. How does this relate to the NFL and State Farm getting their money's worth? What is the name of the venue where the Super Bowl will be played in Arizona? Hmm, let, let me think about it. The, let, let me think about that. The last time I checked, it was named State Farm Stadium. It just so happens to be named State Farm Stadium. And I know that a lot of you out there, I know that your minds just got blown and a lot of and the X-Files theme song is now playing in your head on repeat when you think about all of these things. But I could go on and on about that conspiracy theory, but that is going to have to wait for another time. As far as how many State Farm commercials I'm going to see, I would put the over-under at about two, and I would probably bang the under just based on how many other commercials are going to be going on throughout this game. And so, those are pretty much all of the prop bets that I have on this game. And for those of you who have any suggestions for prop bets that I did not come up with, feel free to leave them in the comment section. Guys, I'm running out of time here, but I, the last thing I will say is I'm very much looking forward to this game, and I hope that you are as well. Thank you so much for 
listening and watching today. And I'll see you guys soon.